Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Ed, that's Dan, and we are the players to be named later. And on this show, this is a bonus show because we are going to be talking about Major League Baseball and the drive to the postseason. And Dan, what a drive it's been. I am very proud of my team. Are you proud of your team right now? Because I feel like you're not very proud of your team right now. Hey, we're in a rebuilding mode. You know, I have an NL team as well as my AL Orioles, and I am proud of my NL team. Now, how long is the rebuild in Baltimore going to last? Because it seems like it's been going on about 20 years now. No, I mean, we had a good run. We didn't, you know, we we lost to the Royals the year that they won the, the series and everything. And, you know, we, we hit some some roadblocks. But I, I think by 2023, I, I think we'll be in contention for at least a wild card spot. Okay. Um, and in 2023, if we're still doing this, I'll be sure to laugh at you then as hard as I am internally laughing at you now. But the Orioles are a sad subject, and we try not to be sad on this show. Dan, who is your National League team? It's been the Dodgers. Come on, you know this. Yeah, front runner, aren't you? No, absolutely not. I mean, come okay. on. You, I mean, you yeah. Know, I, you know I, I'm a Kershaw I, fan. You know I was a Puig fan when he was there. And you I know I was a Bauer fan when he was in. Too. You know, it's I mean, fine. Come it's on. Fine. It's Come fine. On. It's fine. Be a front runner. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I expect nothing else. Good. You should. No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's talk, Daniel San. Let's talk about what we talked about the last time. We all made our predictions, and neither of us had the second wild card team correct. You no, had the Padres and Giants. I had the Dodgers and Reds. And there's a team that is now three games up on the Reds, three and a half on Philly, three and a half on San Diego. Is it time to call the Mets dead? There's seven back in the wild card. I think they're dead, right? Um, seven dead. back. Yeah, the Mets are dead. The, the okay. Mets are dead. It's a it's a four team race for that last wild card spot in the NL. But is it really a race though? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to. I is think you like- have to consider it a race, considering St. Louis has seven games left against the first place Milwaukee Brewers. True, true. They also have won eight in a row. St. Louis is my team, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. They have won eight in a row. They've won nine of their last ten, and they look flat-out unstoppable. I mean, Arenado's hot. O'Neal, hot. Goldschmidt, hot. They, other than Trey Mancini, have the comeback player of the year in Adam Wainwright, who should be getting at least some second- or third-place Cy Young votes in the National League despite what's happening in with Burns and Milwaukee or, or the other ones that we picked on our last show. I mean, the Dodgers, San Francisco, and Milwaukee, they've already clinched. Yeah. So we know that. And let's see, who's the in the East? Atlanta and Philly is going to be close. But I think we both picked Atlanta, I believe, to win that division. Did we not? Uh, I believe we both did. Let let's me see. NL Division here. 1. Dodgers, Giants, and no, I we both picked the Phillies actually. Yeah, we did pick the Phillies, and I think I was looking at something earlier, and the Philly that that should actually be a great divisional race. Um, the Phillies are pretty much relying on San Diego uh-huh. to win them that division. The Phillies have the easiest schedule left, um, easier the easiest strength of schedule left. The Phillies have. Four, or the Phillies have three games against Atlanta left. Why Atlanta has three those three same three games against the Phillies and four games against San Diego, and then two kind of six games left against two easy teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're good on the Phillies. I think it's going to be a good race to watch. I hope it comes down to that Philly Atlanta series because that'll be something I definitely tune in to watch. Now we do have another division series, but both of these teams are going to make the playoffs in the National League. That NL West is some. Fine, fine baseball going on right now. I mean, the Padres are three and a half games out of a wild card, but are long eliminated from the division. It's going to be the Dodgers or the Giants. They are a game apart with the Giants being a game to the good. The Dodgers are 16 games up on St. Louis in the wild card. They, they're they making the playoffs. They are combined 15 and five in their last collective 20 games. They are, this math is going to, be terrible a combined 430 to the good side on run differential um yeah so uh that's some good baseball being played out there 
Yeah, I mean the the West itself, right? Besides this late this sweep that San Diego, San Diego just got swept by St. Louis, which you obviously know. Oh, absolutely. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, San Diego plays a lot of key factors in a lot of the in a lot of this NL race, and that's going to be the team that a lot of people are going to want to watch just to see how they play out. They had that implosion between Machado and Tatis a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were a team that I picked to to go actually pretty deep into the playoffs as well. Right now, that that I'm glad you brought that up because that is pretty interesting. The manager sided with. Arenado, or uh, Arenado, sorry, I have greatness on the brain, sided with Machado over Tatis. I mean, there's a lot of similarities to be drawn there. They are damn near the same player. Um, But that's neither here nor there. The manager sided with the guy that's already got the massive contract instead of the guy that could be signing the massive contract here shortly. Does this maybe spell the end for Tatis in, in San Diego? Does he go elsewhere? No, I don't think so. Not at all. Um, I think one thing that a lot of people, especially watching Machado here in Baltimore, Machado was Tatis. Um, he was a very self-centered, he was a very self-centered player at one point in time in his career. And to see him take that and for him to tell, you know, Tatis, hey, this isn't all about you. Well, Manny, I hope you're taking that same that same lick. And I hope you realize that from some of the bridges that you burned throughout your career and the way that he acted. Oh, is somebody so, a little bit butt hurt. No, no, I love Machado. I love Machado in Baltimore and I still love him as a player. I'm just saying it's good to see that maturity and that he's grown. That's all I'm saying. I, I think Manny's an amazing player. And I hope even for his short time here in Baltimore, I hope he, when he retires, he, he's not going to go in to the Hall of Fame as an Oriole if he gets there. But I would like to see him inducted into the Orioles Hall of Fame for what he did here. Okay. Uh, another thing before we get off of the NLS, I want to point something out. I'm on MLB.com and the expected win-loss potential uh, here for these teams. The Dodgers, 101-49. and 49. They are now 96-54. and 54. Obviously, they can't hit that mark. The San Francisco Giants, 94-56. and 56. The, They are 97-53. and 53. What's that? The Dodgers can get 101 wins. They already have 50. Or they already have 54 losses. Then, then, that then matters. Oh, that's where they should be right now. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah, they're, all right. They're five games less than what they should be, and the Giants are three games past what they should be. That's uh. The Giants actually, have played amazing baseball this year. If you look at it, Colorado's right where they should be at 70 and 79. Arizona is. Eight games back of where they should be. They Arizona's supposed to be fifty six and ninety three. They are forty eight and one oh one. What's going on in the desert? Although it's not still not as bad as Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm glad they have those forty eight wins. That's that's going to give us another another first more another win. first pick. It's still and won. I'm I'm hoping they win a few more games. Um, but. <laughs> Let's kind of wrap things up here in the West and let's move on to another one of these races. Okay. Uh, well, races, that's where we're kind of running low on. We have, uh, it's pretty much the National League. The East and the West, the Central's wrapped up. Milwaukee has a magic number of three to beat St. Louis, so they could clinch that tomorrow, realistically, with a pair of wins. Um, Atlanta, Philadelphia. The Mets are only five and a half back of Atlanta, but they're also 73 and 77. It would be a monumental collapse for them to climb back in the division. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, they would have to have a monumental collapse, and the Mets would have to have a monumental run here in their last 12 games. Three against the Brewers, two against Boston, three against Atlanta, and then four against Miami. So they would have to have a monumental win out. Yeah, they would basically have they have. They're gonna have to win out. And on a, who did you say those teams out. were again? You said Milwaukee, Atlanta, and who? Uh, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and two against Boston. So first place, first place, wild card, and Miami. Yeah. Three, three of three of the four teams they have left are playoff teams. That's that's gonna be rough. I mean the NL or the AL West. Houston's up six games on Oakland. Uh, can we call that one? I feel like uh, yeah, I'm, I'm when you're half of one. what's left out, you're 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 out. Well, hold on. How many games? Up? I mean, there's six up. So realistically, if we're looking at math here, 
Houston has three games left against the first place Tampa and six games mm-hmm. left against Oakland. So should we call it? Oh. Most likely. Um, but Oakland has those six against Houston and then seven against the Mariners, which is a team I feel like we might want to talk about a little bit. Um, well, yeah, the Mariners aren't out of this either. And there's yeah. wild card implications for both of those teams going forward. Um, in the AL Central, it's the White Sox and everybody else. Yeah, are you fine uh, with calling your your Indians dead in the water here? Yeah, as, as, I mean, eleven back. At their, let's at their be honest. Magic when, numbers four. Despite what he's done with New York, when Lindor walked out of the building, the the Indians were done. Okay. okay. You know, and 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 they're gonna be done whether they call them the Guardians or or whatever they want. As long as as long as the Dolans are in charge of Cleveland, the Indians are done. <laughs> they will not win another pennant until. The Dolan sell the team. So let's we, move up here to the AL East. The Tampa best division in baseball? No. Yes. You, you have yes. to, right? You have to, just yes. because of the bottom those bottom two teams in the in the NL West. You have to consider the AL well, East. Tampa is up six and a half on Boston, who's up a game on Toronto, who is the second wild card, who's up a game and a half on the Yankees. Can we just take a second here and both of us just enjoy the fact that the Yankees are in fourth place in this division? And still have a very realistic shot of making the playoffs and going on a deep run because of what they have. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do. But, man, that five for five for their last ten, two-game losing streak. Garrett Cole hasn't really been able to get it together since the sticky stuff went away. That's not fair. He's a good pitcher. Sticky stuff aside. He's a good pitcher, but man, he got brought back down to earth, didn't he? Yeah, it's in his head, man. It's in his head. It's in his head. It's absolutely in his head. Let's take a look at that American League wild card. This is interesting. This is going to be fun to watch here. The AL East is in charge. They have the the first, the second, and the first loser, I guess. Yeah, the first one out. Uh, Oakland is charging their... On a five-game winning streak, they picked up a couple of games on the Yankees, but despite winning five in a row in the last ten, they've just held pace with Toronto and with Boston. They haven't made up any ground there because there's a lot of good baseball being played on the junior circuit. Seattle's four back, and I think that's where we're going to cut the line because the next team is Cleveland at ten back. Ten back. Yeah, I, so, I'm, a, I'm with you there. I think we can call this a, what, a five-team race, right, for two spots, five teams mm-hmm. for two spots. I'm not sure I like Seattle there. Uh, Mainly, and now let me explain. Seattle and Oakland are going to either one team is going to l- jump way ahead of the other, or they're going to beat each other up. And they're going to, out of those six or seven games they have left, it's going to be four and two, three and three, something like that. They're going to split them. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to knock each other out. So this is a, Oakland. Six with Houston left, seven with Seattle left, Seattle seven with uh, Oakland left, and six with the A's. So it makes me like Seattle a little bit more, but this is where things get interesting, right? When we're looking at Say that Seattle again because you had seven with Oakland and six with the A's. Yeah. The Oakland Oakland is the A's. I meant the Halos. Um six with uh six with the Angels. Anaheim, yeah. Los um, Angeles of Anaheim. But this is where it gets a little bit interesting here when we're looking at strength of schedule the rest of the way. So Boston has the third easiest schedule the rest of the way with three games left against New- – this is based off um, based off right. percentage. Okay. They have three games left with New York, three mm-hmm. games left with the O's, three games left with the Nats, and three games left with the Mets. Then we come up here to Toronto, who was also in the bottom ten strength of schedule. Three with the Rays, three with the Yankees, three with the O's. And four with the Twins. Okay. Now, we're coming up here to the Yankees. The Yankees have the seven toughest schedule remaining. Three with the... Did you say seven or second? Seventh. The seventh toughest. They have three with uh, the Rays, three with Boston, three with Toronto, and three with Texas. I think the Yankees are dead in the water. Yeah, but if the Yankees get hot, they can affect all... Read those teams off again. uh, Three with Tampa. Okay. Three with Boston, three with okay. Toronto, and three with Texas. So Texas is their only, I guess you can say, their only what could be sweep if I'm 55, looking at this. 55 and 94. If they don't sweep that, they deserve to be dead in the water. I, I personally think 
I personally think they're dead in the water. And I'll tell you who also doesn't have a, a, a easy rest of the way, and they're leading the division. That's Tampa. Tampa has three with Houston. Houston still has to play because the A's still have a shot. Right. Three with Toronto, three with New York, and then three with the Marlins. Yeah, but they're six and a half up on Boston. Yeah, I know, and Boston has that cakewalk of a schedule. Yeah, but it's going to be a monumental collapse if they do fall. Oh, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying I think the East and this – I think the AL East and wild card is, some, is what we really want to watch going into the last two weeks of this of this. Oh, season. absolutely. But I came across something and I find this this pretty interesting. Winning percent or wins against teams over 500. And I, I'm looking down at all this. Oakland is 28 and 44 against teams with a 500 record. Wow. That's not going good in the playoffs, but something even more shocking, you know, y- you look down Tampa's 43 and 38, Houston's 43 and 31, Boston 46 and 45, Toronto 46 and 40, the Yankees 42 and 40, the Chicago White Sox 25 and 29. Yeah, I see that now too. That shows you just how bad that AL Central is because of how few times they played a team over 500. I mean, their run their run differentials a plus 145. That's very good. That's what one, two, three, fourth, fifth in the American League. So that's not bad at all. But I mean, you can even compare it. There's a there's a comparison in the in the National League too because the Braves are 29 and 38. Would you be scared yeah. to Would you be scared to play the Braves in the playoffs? Because I wouldn't. No. Um, to be fair, the Cardinals are 29 and 38. 38 and they're the hottest well, team yeah. in baseball right now. I mean, so it's it's one of those things, right? Like how Oakland's gotten hot. Oakland can stay hot. And uh, call me crazy. Seattle's a 500 team against teams with winning records. Okay. Man, if they go on a run here, they're 5-5 five and five out of their last 10. Right. They if would they have – they would have to win at least five of those games against Oakland. Yeah, they would. And with that's one, tough. With that stat of Oakland having that twenty-eight and forty-four record, it makes you think a little bit. Yeah, but they're all, Seattle's also a negative sixty-two in the run differential. Yeah, Not granted, Oakland, they are positive. way they are way overachieving because they're expected. They're supposed to be sixty-eight and eighty-one, and they are eighty and sixty-nine. They're playing above their pay grade. Eventually, that catches up to catches up to teams. I yeah. think Seattle's going to flounder here in the. So you think that, so? You feel like this is more of a four-team race, or, or are you counting Oakland I, out too? It's going to be the top two or the second and third in the AL East. Okay, Oakland's so going to make it interesting, but Seattle's going to win just enough to keep Oakland out of it. Okay. Those All games right. between the Yankees and Boston are going to decide who goes where. So you think so? You think Toronto is is locked up? You not think locked. Is good? No, because strange things can happen, especially to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are no stranger to stranger things. So you but, like Toronto more than you like Boston? I didn't say that either. I'm not making a pick. Oh no, not yet. But okay. I'm I mean, saying I, it's gonna be. There's gonna be one team in the AL East that's gonna be left out and. I don't think either of the teams in the NL or the AL West make it. I think it's going to be three from the AL East make the playoffs. And they're probably going to face off against each other in the wild card game and in the divisional round. So I agree with you. I think it's three teams from the NL East, and I think the Yankees are, um, are the team on the outside. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, let's let's give the same treatment to the National League. Because, to be fair, the Cardinals are 29-38. and 38 against teams with a 500 record and the reds are 32 and 41 right one thing i want to point out 40 wins seems to be the cap against teams with a 500 record to show that you're good colorado 70 and 79 they are 41 and 55 against teams with a winning record over half of their schedule is against teams above 500 yeah that's insane the Mets, 36 and 49. That's insane. To play half of your schedule against winning ball clubs. Oof. And then you have teams like Arizona that are 28 and 66. 
I mean, if, if it was, if we were looking at top heavy, I think you got to consider the NL, the NL West, the best division because of those three teams that are all in a playoff race. But I, I'm Agreed. still calling, I'm still calling the AL East the best division, the best division in baseball. Uh, I agree to disagree there. I mean, I think if you look, it it depends, you know, um, because the Orioles, excuse me, the Orioles and the Diamondbacks cancel each other out. Right, and then you have Colorado, which if it was if it was one of those teams, right? If it was only one team, the way it is in the AL East, only one team below 500, the way the Orioles are, I. I would say we could have an argument about this on our on a show, and we could pull up all the different numbers to argue this each way. But sure. For me, with the fact that they got two teams sub 500, the Rockies have not done anything all year. Right. It it, it makes me you know say you got to lean towards the AL East because they have four teams in this playoff race. One of those teams are gonna finish over 500. Uh huh. But you also have else. the best two records in baseball or in the NL West. Uh, agree. I like I said. So we can, if you we can if argue you, this all day. I mean. The NL West has more wins. It does, because you can take, what? Let's see, 92, 5 off of San Francisco, and then another 10 off of the Dodgers, and add them to the Rockies and still have more than Toronto. So, technically, the NL West has a better win, you know, has more wins better winning percentage and it looks like a lot higher of a run differential too like i said you know we got we have a ton of a ton of baseball left still it's two weeks we still have two weeks left in this season so much can happen we can save that for another show if you want Um, i'm just saying i i think you're wrong well yeah we we can agree to disagree on that (laughs) well you make i mean you make valid points absolutely like i'm not going to argue that you All right. Points. Well, let's revisit some of the other things that we said in our last baseball preview show. Um, we made our picks for some awards. Is Lance or is Zach Greinke still your American League Cy Young Award winner? I mean, I don't think much has really changed for me, honestly. If okay. I'm, if I'm looking at this, I don't really feel like much has changed. Walker Bueller, is he still your NL Cy Young winner? It might have to be Max Scherzer. He stayed in the NL, and this guy just went lights out as soon as he got to. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you there, there, big guy. Um, so yeah, mine would change to Scherzer. I had Brandon Woodruff for some reason. Uh, you had Yerman Mercedes. I had Randy Arozarena for the Rookie of the Years. I'm not changing Mercedes. I haven't heard anything to change it. NL Rookie of the Year, India and Trevor Rogers. I really haven't had anything to change that. Manager of the year, Jace Tingler. Does that um, change for you? That that might change slightly. Might. That might change slightly. Yeah. No. I, I, if if they make the if they make the playoffs, you know, maybe maybe. But I think we gotta go with. Oh, why am I blanking? I'm blanking so much. It's go gotta to. be San San Francisco's manager. I want to say it's Bruce Bochy, but I know it's not Bruce Bochy anymore. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. Okay, so um, let's talk about MVP. We both picked Shohei Otani. Are you ready to change that? No. You're not going to change it from Otani? No. Despite the fact he is now third in home runs? There is not a player that's more valuable to their team. Despite the fact he's like, wow... 12th in RBIs. Nope. He's changing. hitting 257. Not changing it. It's Gabe Kepler, by the way. Okay. Well, like I said, it doesn't matter. Despite the fact he's only fifth in stolen bases. No. I'm not I'm not changing my pick. You you're not talking it, it's Otani. I'm I'm assuming you're you're giving me all this because you have somebody else in mind. It's Vlad Guerrero. No. No way. Because it it's the classic it's the classic argument. The best player is the best player on a playoff team better than the best overall player on a losing team. Black Camaro is might win the triple crown and will not win the MVP. 
Well, th- winning the Triple Crown is going to be a, a tall task. He is currently fourth and runs batted in. He's eight behind Abreu and Perez. He okay. does have the lead in home runs, one up on Salvador Perez. And he's got a 321 average, which currently puts him six points ahead of Michael Brantley. So he's close. Uh, can we get some love for Salvador Perez here? 45 homers, 113 RBIs. Granted, he has struck out 157 times, but batting 274 for somebody who's supposed to be in the tail end of his career. I mean, dude, uh, yeah, dude's breaking. I say tail end of his career, he's 31. Is there any pitching staff more scary than the Dodgers pitching staff? Why are we back on the Dodgers? Dude, because that team's just so good. Let's 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 stay let's where stay we're on track here. Let's stay on track here. Does it shock you to know that Jose Ramirez has 35 home runs and 94 RBIs, or Rafael Devers is 34 and 105? Those numbers no, kind of shock. Not really. Matt Olson, 36 homers, 103 RBIs. There could be four, maybe five guys. One, two, three, four. Five. I'm sorry, five, maybe six guys. With over 40 home runs in the American League? I'm going to say there could be upwards of 10. Okay. Uh, let's not go that far because Vlad's got 46. Perez has 45. Otani's got 44. Marcus Simeon, you who said 40 home runs, not 50, right? has 40. You said 40, so, not 50, right? Right. Joey Gallo's got 37. Uh, Matt Olson's 36. Then we get to some questionability. I mean, granted, Aaron Judge can get hot in Yankee Stadium and right. get there. 35. Jose Ramirez has 35, so that's eight. Do you so want to include Rafael Devers hitting six home runs in the final, what, 12 games? Or Mitch Haniger, who has 34, or Brandon Lowe, who has 34, or Kyle Seeger, who has 34? I would not. The way Devers hits against the Orioles, it wouldn't surprise me if Devers hits hit six home runs just against the Orioles in their last series. Slight exaggeration, but Devers hits the Orioles well, and he has some cakewalk games, three against the O's, three against the Nats, two against the Mets. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibilities. Okay, let's talk about the National League. Um, who did we pick in the National League? You, I had Votto, and you had Tatis. Tatis. Uh, Votto has fallen off. Still a great year, especially for a guy of his age. Uh, you know, he's kept the Reds in it, but he's no longer in it anymore. I think it's safe to say we can say Joey Votto was a good story in August, but is no longer there, especially if the Reds don't make the playoffs. Are you sticking with Tatis? Yes. Right now, he leads the National League in home runs with 39. He has 92 RBIs, which is good for sixth. And he's batting 285, which uh, is 13. Yeah, Yeah, top 15. I want to disagree with you here. I know. I'm assuming you're going to take Arenado. No, I mean, I want to. The dude's got 32 homers, 99 RBIs, batting 255, but he is coming around, especially here lately. And it's important to point out, if you sort by home runs, Everybody in the top eight, he is the only one that has less than 100 strikeouts. And honestly, you have to scroll all the way down to get to Juan Soto in a tie for 20th position to get to somebody who has fewer strikeouts than Nolan Arenado. And Arenado has uh, six more home runs. What were you saying about home runs or strikeouts there? Because Freddie Freeman's ninth in home runs, and he only has 95 Uh Arenado is 32 home runs and only has 88 strikeouts. I mean, either way, those those guys are on the same team, so it is what it is. But you are you uh, hold on, are you high? Freddie Freeman and Nolan Arenado are not on the same team. I I might I might not be high. I don't know what I was thinking there. What are you Um, doing, dude? But you you genuinely can't argue Arenado. You got somebody else in mind. No, I really don't. Uh, like I said, I want to disagree with you, but Tatis has the numbers. I mean, 
you can make a case for Adam Duvall. I think he is very getting not getting a lot of traction, but I agree with two, that. The two thirty one average for, is the two thirty one is is killing him. And yeah. he's like second or third in strikeouts. So and he plays on a team that is getting no love whatsoever. Is I mean, do we? Do, I mean, uh, that's another. That's another guy, though, that we kind of look at on that team that's getting no love. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, do we look the at a pitcher here. Do we look at a pitcher? I don't know. I, like, I if you're looking at pitchers, it, what are you going to do? You, you're going to give the Dodgers MVP for Walker Bueller or Julio Urias and give Scherzer the Cy Young? No, I think Scherzer does have the Cy Young, and that's where we were headed next. Uh, you had Bueller, I had Brandon Woodruff. Like I said, that's going to change. Uh, Scherzer's 15 and four with a 2.08 ERA. He has one complete game, uh, 226 strikeouts and a 0.81 whip. Yeah. Uh, average opponents, average 171. I would say that's, that's, I mean, that's, there's only three players that have a sub, Two opponents average. Scherzer's one. Bueller's two. Woodruff's three. I mean, so I, I think Scherzer. I think Scherzer wins the Cy Young for you. Look at his numbers throughout the whole season; they're right. fantastic. You look at his numbers with what he did just when he got to the Dodgers. There's not a better pitcher in baseball right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Julio Urias. He leads the National League in wins. Yes. He has eighteen and three. But he's got a 2.99 ERA, which I believe is third or fourth on the Dodgers, which is terrifying. Absolutely insane, dude. Uh, 1.03 whip, which is insane, but it's still third or fourth on the Dodgers. And a 2.2, or I'm sorry, a 2.21 opponent's average. Coming in second, how about this? Adam Wainwright, the man who's long in the tooth in St. Louis, 16 and 7. 2.89 ERA leads the league in starts, I believe. Let me double check that because he has 38. Oh, nope, there are a few with 31, but I do believe he goes either tonight or tomorrow. But uh, he, he's got three complete games, which is tied with Zach Wheeler for the tops in the league. The dude, is, he, he's got a complete game shutout, 1.03 whip, 217 average. The opponents have 196 innings. He is only behind Zach Wheeler, who has 200 and a third innings. So he's four innings behind Wheeler. And I do believe Wainwright goes, I want to say tonight, but it could be tomorrow as well. Wainwright should, Wainwright should win the Cy Young in any other year that the Dodgers aren't insane. He is I, a Cy Young award winner. I agree. Any I just, other year. I just kind of want to point one thing out to you, right? Um, how bad would you like to see Germaine Marquez pitch somewhere else besides Colorado? 4.16 ERA pitches in Colorado. Three complete games, one shutout, 1.1.23 whip. Uh, I'd love to see this guy. Pitch you know who he reminds else. me of? In in just because of the situation. Not necessarily looks or talent or anything like that. Mike Hampton. You know, I always thought Mike Hampton was very, very underrated. And then he went to Colorado and got exposed because he plays in Colorado. You know, I love that Colorado is a place. It's a beautiful park. Great views. You know, it's great television. And it's always fun to laugh and say (laughs) a baseball game got snowed out. You know, but if you're a good pitcher... Do not make your money in Colorado. And Colorado needs to recognize that. I I feel like I feel like he's probably still like I don't feel like he's been around that long. Yeah, 2016. So I mean he's still under team control. I, I'd love to. I mean, and he just You said 2016? He yeah, debuted 2016? Yeah. Which means around we gotta remember him because in July, he's gonna be trade bait. I, Unless I, Colorado's in the thick no. of things, I'd, he's going to be trade bait. Colorado needs to flip him for whatever they can get. Group him and Trevor Story in for a buttload of prospects. Yeah, I, I think they got to look to move him. Just seeing those three, the, those three complete games, one shot out. And if I had to guess, I would bet they were on the road. Oh, I would say. 
is that or they now do seven inning games if you go if you pitch all seven do they count as complete games because mm. I know no hitters don't count yeah I don't know so he pitched a complete game shutout against the Pirates at home the 29th really? June. yeah I I gotta look into this now just well it's the Pirates it's so. the Pirates correct um where are we at so what games completed the 29 where the heck are the other two all right so against the Mets okay so the other complete game was only a six inning complete game Mm. and then there was one more that went seven against the Mets so maybe those numbers are a little bit skewed I still would like to see him pitch somewhere else. I bet you I'd love to see his his splits. Let's look at his splits real quick. Either way, he, he's one of those guys where a change of scenery should should do him well. I mean, can you think of any pitcher that's done well at all in Colorado? John Gray for a season and a half. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that that's that's where you get there. So I want to know who's your name for the for the National League. Nibaldo Jimenez. There you go. There's somebody. Okay. He tricked the hell out of the O's too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Scherzer's your guy. Yeah, Scherzer's my guy for sure. Okay. Shall we look at the American League? Because I feel like the American League gets a little bit. It's a it it. There's a little bit more of a conversation there. Uh, we now there there didn't used to be, but I think now there may be a conversation. Garrett Cole leads the league with 15 wins. He's 15 and eight with a 3.03 ERA, two complete games, one shutout, 1.03 whip, 2.18 average. The opponents have the next closest wins are Steven Matz at 13 and seven and Hyun Jin Ryu, both in Toronto. He is 13 and nine. You look at the leaders and wins. You have to go to. Carlos Rodon, who is a 2.38 ERA, you there's there's two guys with double digit wins that have a sub. Oh no, wait, here's Lance Lynn. Yeah, there's so there's three guys with double digit wins that have a sub three ERA. Robbie Ray in Toronto, who's 12 and five with a 2.64. Carlos Rodon in Chicago, who's 12 and five with a 2.38, and Lance Lynn, who's 10 and five with a 2.47. Is the DH really make that much of a difference? It can, and I I can tell you hands down if you wanna if you want me to tell you right now I can tell you who my who my AL Cy Young winner is. Now, if we take into the qualifiers, Robbie Ray is the only one that's qualified for the ERA title with a sub three ERA at two point six four. Robbie Ray is my guy. He, uh, he, that, I I figured you were leaning that way. He's a yeah. former he's a former oh isn't he? No. No, Rob, Robbie, Robbie Ray used to play for the Diamondbacks. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, um, but leads the league in average against, leads the league in whip, um, leads the league in strikeouts, is top second in innings pitched uh, with one less with one game less started than Jose Barrios, who leads the league in innings pitched right now, leads the league in ERA and has double-digit wins. Um, mind you, he's doing all of this in what I believe is the best division in the AL East. Okay. I'll agree. I think. I mean, I had Lance Lynn, and I don't think Lynn's too far out of it. He doesn't have an, he doesn't have enough starts to qualify for well anything, but what he does have. Let's see. I gotta find his stats again because, golly, he's only got 26 starts, but he does have a complete game shutout. He's 10 and five with a 2.47 ERA. So if he does get enough innings, he will be there. Um, 107 whip, 205 average. When gets a little, you know, he can still probably qualify for all of that. And other than wins, he'll he'll lead the league and everything else. So I'm still gonna ride Lynn, but it's reluctantly. You know, it's what I mean? crazy to think Robbie Ray's the only the only pitcher that qualifies at sub three ERA in the end. Well, um, yeah, well, you got to think too. The the two other guys. Rodon and Lance Lynn play for Tony Larusa, and we know how Tony Larusa uses his pitching staff. You know all too well. 
oh god bad memories are coming up although they did this past week and i i this past weekend i want to say i'm very proud of myself i'm going to toot my own horn here for a little bit in august when we did this show and i created a content for tribune sports that said it's never over till it's over and i cited two examples the 2006 cardinals or was it the 04 cardinals it was one of the either 04 or 06 where the cardinals came from way back and the 2011 cardinals and they just did a celebration of the 2011 cardinals who came back from way way back and you know won the division on the last game of the year we know they had the best world series of all time was that 2011 world series that team looks an awful lot like this cardinals team right now you know they don't have the super mega huge star in pools but I mean, you could draw a lot, a lot of comparisons, a lot, a lot of comparisons between 2011 and 2021 for the Cardinals. And the Cardinals win have won a World Series in every even number decade. We are now in the 20s. It's time for the Cardinals to win a World Series in the 20s to keep that streak alive. OK, why are we talking about the Cardinals? Because they're they're going to win the World Series. OK. <laughs> Got to make the playoffs first. They're in. They're, th- they're three games up in the wild card with 12 to play. I let's say see. that now, and they're going to collapse. Let's let I, but, let's digress. Now let let's let's go back to what we did the last time. We did the per- the playoff postseason percentages, okay? And let's let's confine this to the wild cards. Boston, 83% chance of making the postseason. Do you still believe that's there? Yes. Oakland, 45.1% chance. No. Yankees, 56.3% chance. Toronto, 31.6% chance. Seattle, 1.6. Toronto's in the playoffs right now on a 31.6% chance. Yeah. It ain't over till it's over. Nationally. I don't hate Seattle's Seattle's chance there with a the 1% at that point in time. Like, oh, I'd, have, I'd have put five bucks on it. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought they were dead in the water. I mean, if if I'm getting, what, a 1 to 100 shot on that, I'll put 5 bucks on that to win 500. I mean, especially the way it's played out now. Dodgers, 99. Well, Dodgers winning the division, aren't they? No, the Giants are. Okay, so we got that right. Dodgers, 99.8% chance of winning. They've obviously clinched. They're in. We're good. Uh, Padres, 47.4% chance. That's gone down. Reds, 42.4% chance. That's gone That's down. Gone down. Cardinals, 6.2% chance. Now I know you would have bet on that if you could have. Oh, I absolutely uh, I, I, know yeah. you would have bet on I'd have put a paycheck on it. If I'd have gotten them kind of, well, maybe not a paycheck because I'm broke. But still, I would have put some, I'd have, I'd have put 20 down on that to, to win what? Well, it's a 1 in 20. Let's say a 1 in 25. So yeah, I I I I I've been okay with yeah with a five hundred dollar win on that. Phillies forty point four percent chance. Down, I mean, I, out down it's down it's down. No, that's got to be up. What are they? How many are they back? Uh, let's see. They can't. No, that can't be down. They're two games back. They were down. They're three and a half games back. I yeah. No, they're two games back. Uh, two games division. back of the division. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they're. I mean, I think they're dead. I was looking at strictly the from card. a wild card perspective. Yeah, no, I think they're dead when it comes to the wild card. Being completely honest. Okay. Um, and the Mets, twelve point two percent chance, and they're done. Yeah. They uh. Done. Yeah, I'd say it's. Yeah, that's probably about it. So the Cardinals in Seattle are probably the two biggest movers there toward the positive side. Such a shame to see Cincinnati fall the way they have. I mean, yeah. So you were so pumped for them, too. I I was because I I have friends that are Reds fans, and it's just it's a shame to see how far that they I mean, they're they're now three games back. They the Cardinals have leapfrogged them. The, the Cardinals were three games back of them 10 games ago. Now they're three games ahead of them. You know, the Cardinals were a uh, half game behind Philadelphia. Now they're three and a half ahead of them. 
San Diego. The Cardinals were seven. The Cardinals again were three and a half back of San Diego. Now they're three and a half ahead of San Diego. Yeah, it's been a pretty insane run. They were, let's see, they were a game ahead of the Mets. Now they're seven games ahead of the Mets. It's been a pretty insane run. They are the hottest team in baseball right now, and they're doing it with, they have, out of all the teams that are in the playoff picture as of today, they have the worst run differential, and it's not even close. The next closest team to them is Boston with a plus 74. The Cardinals are a plus three. A plus three. That's sad. That's kind of insane. That kind yeah. of shows you the run that they've been on, though. Because uh, they were bad for a while. They were real bad. I know. I'd, I'd actually like to go back and try to find their run differential the last time we did this show. Because I guarantee you it has to be a huge improvement. Yeah, um, I don't quite have. I mean, I'm sure we could figure it out given yeah. the standings that we had at the time. Well, but, uh, it's not that big of a deal. It's uh, it's it's pretty nuts that I mean they're they're they've won eight in a row, and they they look at the teams that they've beaten as well, and it they've beaten a lot of these teams by, and, and they looked good doing it too. So one thing that we talked about. On the last show, I know we weren't talking about a, a lot of um, a lot of headlines here, but can we discuss the fact that the Dodgers lost their third? The, I don't believe he was their opening day starter, but they lost Bauer and they didn't miss a beat. They said, "Oh, oh sorry, sorry to hear about what's going on with you, Trevor." But did they get hey, better? Hey, Matt, Max, come pitch for us. Did they get better? It's hard to say they didn't. I think maybe that distraction being out of there, you know, maybe they got better. Man, that's that's something for me to where it's like I love Trevor Bauer. Like, uh, I mean, I loved him when he was an Indian, but you know, oof. I mean, you look at this like, dude, just their pitching staff in general. Oh yeah, Kershaw, they're insane. Pueller, they're insane. like yeah. just their starters: Kershaw, Bueller, Scherzer, Urias. Tony Goslin, David Price, Danny Duffy's on the 60-day IL, and you had Bauer. Like, they could have a 10-day rotation, and these guys would still be fine. Oh, yeah. And it's just absolutely insane. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to skip back to the Cardinals here for a little bit. This is what they've done in September. They opened it with a doubleheader against Cincinnati that they split, and it was in Cincinnati. They won 5-4. Five, five, they lost 12-2 in the second game. On the third, they beat the Brewers 15 to four, and then they lost the next one, two, three, four. They lost the next four. Four to nothing to the Brewers, six to five to the Brewers, five to one to the Dodgers, seven to two to the Dodgers. Then they got good. They beat the Dodgers five to four. They beat the Dodgers two to one. Those were all at home. They split that series. Four to two loss to Cincinnati. And then the streak started. Wins and Cincinnati or wins versus Cincinnati, six to four and two to nothing. Two New York. Seven to nothing, seven to six, eleven to four on Roberto Clemente Day, which, by the way, the attendance in Pittsburgh for that was depressing to say the least. But that's neither here nor there. I wouldn't go to Pittsburgh either, despite it's a beautiful stadium. Then the three game sweep of the Padres, eight to two, three to two, eight to seven, which honestly, it probably should have Padres should have won that game if Tatis doesn't make a catastrophic error in center field to blow that first inning wide open. What the Cardinals have left, they have four in Milwaukee and then four in Chicago in three days. They have a day-night double hitter against the Cubbies on the on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday and then three more against Milwaukee in St. Louis and then three against Chicago in St. Louis. So that's what, three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fourteen games left. Against Milwaukee and Chicago. Whew. That's not going to be easy. Especially no. the, ne- the next four in Milwaukee are going to be a good litmus test. Because the Brewers have clinched. They're not going anywhere. And the Cardinals can't catch them. So do the Brewers rest up their guys? I mean, the, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Not this early. I mean, St. Louis has the eighth toughest strength of schedule. I don't care what anybody says. Saint, the other seven games that St. Louis has left is against the Cubs. And that's not an easy game for them either. The Cubs always fight hard. 
especially against St. Louis. It's a rivalry. When there's something to play for, I'll agree with you. I'm when not... it's not September and it's freezing in Chicago, I'll agree with you. See, that's tough for me because those guys that are on that team right now, they are playing for something. They're playing for their roster spot next year. They're playing for a chance to play oh, ball somewhere blah, else. blah, blah, blah. No, d- be serious. Come on. I am being serious. They're, I they, absolutely yes, they are professionals. Yes, they are playing for something because everybody plays for something. It's called the almighty dollar, and they want to make sure they can make more next year. But don't give me this crybaby. They're playing for a roster spot stuff. These guys are professionals. They're playing for more than just a roster spot. But to say that they are they're gonna try hard in a September in the in a game at the end of September where all they're trying to do is get to the off season where they're not trying to get hurt so they can protect their investment for next year. We're not exactly talking about guys that are gonna go, you know, Pete Rose into Ray Fossey at a play at the plate. That's not gonna happen. And yes, there's a rivalry. There was. It's the, the fans have the rivalry. The players don't so much anymore. The days of of player A hating player B because of the jersey he wears is gone, at least in baseball. The Cardinals, that still happens in football. That still happens in hockey. But it, it's gone in basketball and baseball. This weekend, the Cardinals will split. It'll be a they'll, – they'll split the series two and two with the Cubs. Well, okay. Well, what will they do against the Brewers? I think they probably win three out of the four. Okay, so if they win three out of the four and they split against Chicago, I, that's enough to get him in. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get him in. Okay, well, that'll leave them – let's see, they'll drop, what, three of potentially seven. So for anybody to be close in the final week, they're going to have to win – they're going to have to go on a seven-game winning streak. Out of those teams that are there, do you see anybody that's going to be anywhere close to be able to pull seven in a row? Out of the teams that are behind the Cardinals in the wild card. Dude, I think you have to take Atlanta and Philly into account for this. Okay, Atlanta and Philly are going to beat up on each other, though. Philly is... They only have have three games against each other. And Philly has... That's all they need. Philly Philly has ten games against three teams that are under 500. Three of the worst teams in the league, mind you. They have how many games? Ten games left against... Philly has ten games left against three teams under 500. And, uh, and they Cardinals. very well could go 10-0 and 0 against those three teams. When I tell you four games against Pittsburgh, three games against the Orioles, and three games against Miami. Good God, did they luck out there. <laughs> That's the what game. I mean. Like, I, I don't the know. The Cubs seven times. So realistically, th- with the differential there, the Cardinals should beat the Cubs seven times. And if they split with whatever they have left with Milwaukee, nobody can catch them. We'll see. We'll see, because I, I don't think the Cardinals beat the Cubs seven times. I think they come out of that. I don't think they do either, because it's I, hard to tell to be in a team seven times in a row. But all the Cardinals got to do is win. See, they have 14 left. If they win eight of those 14, they're good. You know, we, we can do a little friendly wager. We can discuss the terms off air, but I don't think the, I don't think the Cardinals okay. come out well, of this last 14 games the, with a above 500 record. If, if they go eight and six in the last 14, okay? That means Cincinnati in their last, what, 13 or 14 games, 12 games, they have 12 games left. They would have to have three more wins, four more wins than the Cardinals do because of the behind in the loss columns. So they would have to win out. Cincinnati's not going to win out because it's hard as hell to win 12 games in a row. Yeah, Cincinnati's not winning out. Philadelphia has 13 games left. So they would have to be, they would have to have four more wins than the Cardinals. So they would have to go 12 and one. You think Philadelphia is going to go 12 and one to catch the Cardinals? I don't think Philadelphia. San Diego, the way they've been playing, they have 13 games left. They would have to go 12 and one or 11 and two. If the Cardinals play 500 baseball the rest of the way, but I don't think they do. Okay. Even then, do you think the Padres can go 11 and four? If the Cardinals go six and eight, no, I'm I'm telling you that I'm telling you, looking at the strength of schedule and what's left, you have to. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm more concerned with Atlanta and Philadelphia than I am any any other team in that wild card race because and that's the fact fine. That they are bottom five. Both of those teams are bottom five in strength of schedule left, and and that's fine. But still, for somebody to catch the Cardinals, if the Cardinals just play 500 baseball, if they just split every series, the other teams would have to win like something ridiculous like 10 out of their last 13 
And what's crazy is Philadelphia could very well win 10 out of their last 13. And if they do, they deserve it. But it, it I mean, that's, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. No. 100% possible. And just if I'm a betting guy and we both know I'm not because I'm broke, not probably not going to hitch my buggies to those wagons. You know what I mean? That's fair. But um, I think one race that we haven't talked about, that's a way more interesting race to talk about. Who's going to be the worst in the league? Oh, I don't know. Arizona has them by one game, one game. Now, the Orioles are the worst team in the league by far, but they also play in the best division, Actually, arguably. You know what? Arizona might have the worst record. They have. It's what? 47 and 102 for Baltimore and 48 and 101 for Arizona. Arizona has 10 games left against. They have a total of 13 games left. Three of those games are against the Rockies, which the Rockies really aren't that bad of a team. They just play in a good division. Right. They're, they're right. kind of bad, but it's the Diamondbacks. When I tell you, when I tell you the other 10 games, four against Atlanta, three against the Dodgers, and three against San Francisco. Uh, they could lose the final 13 games of the year. <laughs> they very well could. And, I mean, Baltimore isn't that much easier. We got three against Boston, three against Toronto, three against Philly, and four against Texas. But uh, I mean, you're you got we might four be against, picking you got four we might against be Texas. picking number two. We might be picking number two. You got four against Texas and Texas and Colorado. There's a big disparity there. Oh, absolutely. As far as the the talent level, um, Baltimore is 27 and 72 against teams with a winning record. Arizona is 28 and 66 against teams with a winning record. So I'm Arizona, not sure. Get, I, I think Arizona is going to have the worst record in baseball. Based off looking at the last 13 games for each team. Now, if you're a, if you're you have houses in Baltimore and you have houses in Phoenix, Dan. Okay, so you have you have a a winter home in Phoenix, you have a summer home in in Baltimore. All right, and it's October, and you want to go to one of these two teams to see a victory. Who would you go see if you had to pick one game, regardless of their opponent, to win? Do you want to go to Arizona to see if they can win at home, or do you want to go to Baltimore to see if they can win at home? I'll go to Baltimore. Who's 23 and 51 at home? Arizona is 28 and 43. I'll go. I'm sorry, 23 and 51 at home. They got four games at Texas. I don't know if the four games against Texas are home or not, but they got four games left against Texas. 20 and 58 is Arizona on the road. 24 and 51 is Baltimore on the road. So. To be fair, Baltimore sucks equally home and away. So, head-to-head, who wins this game? All things considered. Depends on who's pitching. (laughs) That depends on who's pitching. In what inning? I just, I I don't (laughs) think it matters what inning. I just think it matters who's starting. I mean, does the starter get out of an inning? The first inning? Which, by the way, another thing, since that just happened to come up, the Padres are going through some major injuries to their pitching staff. They had another starter leave early on Sunday. Didn't make it out of the first inning due to injuries. Uh, that's the thing that if I was a Padres fan, I'd be worried about the most. If they're going to be able to hang in this thing and make a push. War of attrition, man. And they're starting, they're starting pitching, starting to, uh, starting to show some cracks. Hey, man, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, we might do you guys a favor tonight because we got our ace on the mound. John Means is pitching. Be more specific with we. Yeah, the O's might, O's might do your, your Cardinals a favor and, and steal one tonight. And who are they playing? Philly. Uh, okay. It, it doesn't matter. The Cardinals are a playoff team. I'll, 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 I'll put a token five bucks on it. All right, let's but do it. Let's wrap up this show. Guys, we have some huge news for you. It's in its infancy. We're working on it. But this show is going to be the linchpin, the flagship show for a new Facebook page that will eventually turn into a website called the Sports Dispatch TSV, if you will. You can go to that page. Once it's up and running, we'll keep you firmly up to date on that. And it's going to have everything you need. It's going to be heavy on wrestling because that's 
me and Dan's Mill U. We're going to have this show. We're going to have meme creation. We're going to have stories. We're going to bring in other writers. We're going to have other podcasts. We're going to have everything for sports that you would ever want. You want to come write for us? Let us know. Hit us up. That's going to be the Sports Dispatch DM, Dan, and myself. We will get you interviewed. We will get you taken care of. This is coming soon, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. It's the Sports Dispatch. Be sure to tune in. Dan, we're coming back tomorrow. Or no, Wednesday. Wednesday. We're coming back Wednesday. Yes? Yes, Wednesday it is. If you want to do tomorrow, we can do tomorrow. It's completely up to you. Uh, tomorrow's not going to happen. You know, I, I, I do have a life outside of talking into my computer. Uh, yes, Wednesday, we are going to be back. We're going to talk about the week that was in the NFL, and boy, what a week it was. And we're going to give you a preview toward week three of the football season. You're going to get our football reacts and previews every week going forward through the end of the year. You're going to get all of that here. We're going to keep you up to date on the baseball stuff. Hockey is right around the corner. And we got one more other thing. Dan, Jaime, if you're listening, I'd like to extend a personal thank you for all the years of service you gave me on the Caps, Locks, and Chair Shots podcast. Podcast is down right now. We're going through a revamp, a rebuild, kind of what the Orioles are doing. We're just not going to take a decade or two or three to do it. But we're going to be completely revamping that show. New hosts, new everything. Stay tuned. The Caps, Locks, and Chair Shots podcast will return at a later date once we get everything hammered out. Dan, this is me and you now, buddy. This is this is me and you and what we got going on. Uh, I love doing that show, but it was time for some new blood to get in there. I don't intake that product. I got too much other stuff going on, and I'm glad that you are going to keep that moving. All right. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this up, and we'd like to thank you all for listening. But just remember, if your team's not doing so hot, maybe it'll be the players to be named later who will make it all better. <laughs>